Let's go. Luke chapter number one, verse 26. Luke chapter number one, verse 26. It says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man who was named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Verse number 29. But she was greatly troubled by his words and began to wonder about the meaning of this greeting. So the angel said to her, come on, read this with me. Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. But she was greatly troubled, the Bible says. For the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. We open up our hearts. We just ask that you would speak to us. Let tonight be life-changing. Stretch our faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. And amen. Thanks, Landon. Appreciate you, man. How many of you can ever relate to being scared about anything? Anything? I think, right, all of us at some point in our life, we have all faced fear. We can all relate to being scared at some point in our lives. I kind of consider myself somewhat of a thrill seeker. Uh, I love to do stuff like bungee jumping. Um, if my wife would let me, I would jump out of airplanes. Uh, I would do all of the, just the crazy stuff that she, she then talks a little sense into me. You know, she talks me off the ledge. I will say though, on Reese's 18th birthday, we have plans to go skydiving. She says at 18, she wants to jump out of an airplane. Um, I mean, she's kind of a legal adult at that point. She says it's not happening. You know, we're going to pray through this one. If y'all will, add that to your prayer list, all right? 18th, 18th birthday, me and Reese. She said don't add it, but I'm telling you, add it to the prayer list. But I do. I, I love thrill-seeking. I love to have fun. And uh, I'm, I'm one of those guys that if you, if you get me in the moment, I'm a let's go guy. Uh, if you, I'm the kind of guy that if you want to have fun, get me in your group and I'll talk it up, all right? I may not do it. I may watch you do it. In fact, it was really funny. Um, we have some friends one night and it was, uh, it was her 40th birthday. And uh, she grew up, you know, believing that tattoos were, were wrong and they were bad. And, um, and so we were sitting around the table and she was like, I think I'm going to get a tattoo tonight. And I just started, everybody was like, let's do it. Let's go get tattoos tonight. Let's do, let's all go get tattoos. And so we went to this uh, tattoo parlor and they start flipping through the book, you know, and they're like, what are you going to get? And I'm like, oh. And I just kind of start backing, backing out. I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any, and I'm not against them, but the, she did. She ended up, she ended up getting a, a, a tattoo, um, but I got, a, I got a little scared. All right, I got, I got cold feet. I backed out. I'm the guy, though. You want me? We're going to go have fun. So we were, we were on an intern trip. I used to oversee an internship program. And we took a trip to Flagstaff, Arizona, where we were doing some ministry. And we had a day to where we're like, let's go have fun. And there's this place called Slide Rock that kind of sits between Flagstaff and Sedona. And it's this beautiful national park. And you step in. I mean, it is, it's picture perfect 
scenery and mountains all around you, and there's this rock that's carved out, and it's just very freezing cold water is going down it, and we, you know, we got down this, and then there's this, this cliff that everybody goes, and, and they jump off of, and I mean, of course, I'm talking everybody up, right? I'm like, oh man, it's going to be great. I'm probably going to do like a gainer off of it, backflip, you know, uh, just, I, I mean, I, I'm getting every, everybody's pumped. Everybody's so excited. And so we start climbing this, this hill. And as we get to the top of the hill, uh, I'm, I get in my head a little bit. And here's the bad thing is I, I can, I can get in my head just a little bit and, and, and kind of start psyching myself. I have to stay at the point to where I'm like, this is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. I just have to keep talking it. Uh, but I didn't. And, and I went a little internal. And so I'm climbing up this cliff and I get to the edge of the cliff and I really start second guessing this. But in my mind, I'm going, man, I've really built this up. I've, I've, talked a really, I've talked a really big talk here. And now I'm standing at the edge. And, and what I do is I begin to calculate everything that could go wrong. Does anybody else do this or is it just me? Like I, I see, I'm like, man, what if I jump too far and I hit that rock? You know, like, oh, that, that thing's jagged. There's a tree limb, right? What if I, what if I hit the tree limb? And, and here I am, I'm at the edge, I'm looking over, I'm processing all of the things that could go wrong. I'm about to wimp out when all of a sudden I hear this scream coming from behind me. And it's like a, it's like a, ooh, and it just grows, right? Y'all remember Pastor Landon that preached here a few weeks ago? Yeah, it was Pastor Landon. And he came running from back here and did not think, did not contemplate. He literally runs and he does a gainer. I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's like a 75-foot cliff. And he does this backflip and goes in. And I'm standing here at the edge. I'm <laughs> contemplating how I might die. And here he is doing a flip. And I'm like, I'm such a punk, you know? <laughs> and then a little kid comes and jumps off. And I'm like, I'm... I'm <laughs> And so what did I do? I, I jumped. I overcame my fear. But it's really easy in moments like that to get in your head and, uh, and let fear get the best of you. I'm sure we all have stories where we've let fear get the best of us. So what do you do when you come to a situation of the what ifs? What do you do when you come to a situation and it's going to take a massive leap of faith to do what God is calling you to do, but you step to the edge and in your mind, you start calculating all the what ifs. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if? And we go through all of these things in our mind. So what do you do? What do you do when you come into a cliff and you're looking over the edge and you begin to calculate all of the what ifs. Let me tell you this, fear is placing faith in the what ifs. Can I say that again? Fear is, is placing faith in the what ifs. If I jump, what's gonna happen? If I do what God is calling me to do, what will take place? If I start this business, will I lose it all? If I get married, am I risking divorce or am I risking heartbreak again? If I forgive, am I putting myself out there to be hurt? And every time that God is asking us to take a step of faith, and it, it may be something small, it may be something large, but we go through this process where we have to overcome that hurdle and leap the what ifs in our life to actually step out into what God is calling us to do. 
The list of ifs in our life can go on and on, but what I believe is that God's word to you today concerning what he is calling you to do is this, fear not. Come on, somebody say fear not tonight. Because watch this. Let's go back to our story. Mary's living her life. Mary is, is going about her business. And in fact, at this time, what we know is that she's probably about 14 years old. That's the time that, that, that they, would betrothed, they would get betrothed to be married. And so she's betrothed to Joseph. I mean, it's an exciting time, ladies. If you're, if you're married, think about, go back to the days when you were planning your wedding. Go back to the days when you were picking out that dress and everything is exciting. And, and, and you go together with your husband to pick out the invitations. And, and, and you go and you, you do the taste test on all the food and all of the things. And it's, it's so much fun and it's a joyous occasion. But Mary's plans are, are all of a sudden interrupted by God. And God's interruptions are inconvenient because Mary had a plan. She had everything laid out. She had all of uh, her ideas pinned up on Pinterest. I, I mean, she had all of it together. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up and interrupts all of it. Do you think that was convenient for Mary? No. It wasn't. It was, it was inconvenient. But God steps right into Mary's life and brings a divine interruption. All her plans erupt. God steps into her situation and divinely interrupts her plans. And you know that Mary had to view this as inconvenient because it threw a loop in all of her plans. But I would say this. What we see is interruptions. God sees as invitations. Can I say that again? What we see as interruptions, God steps in our life and he sees them as invitations. Invitations into something greater. Invitations into a greater life. Invitations into a greater level of faith. Invitations into his plan, his purpose, his call, his will for our life. But the question is, will we take the leap of faith and accept that invitation and say, God, I'm going all in and I'm following after you. Because what we see as interruptions, God sees as invitations. Think with me for a second about Moses. Moses had settled down into farm life. Moses had married. Moses had had children. And all of a sudden, a burning bush interrupts everything. But it wasn't an interruption. It was an invitation into a greater life. It was an invitation into God's plan and, and purpose and, and will for his life. And sometimes the unexpected fires in life are God's way of getting our attention and pointing us to something greater. Come on. You ever experienced that in your life where it seems like things just catch on fire, but all of a sudden God is going, you know what, I'm going to reroute you in this direction. And it's just a reroute to get you to where he wants to go. God set a fire in a bush in the middle of a desert that rerouted him into the direction that God wanted him to go. What about Jonah? Jonah was a, a preacher that was called to go to Nineveh, a city that literally would behead the Israelites and put their head on a stake. And God calls him to go preach in that city. 
Don't you think Jonah was probably like, uh, God, this is, this is a little inconvenient. Um, I value my head, and uh, I, I, I don't really, could you, could you pick somebody else? Is there anybody, could you choose anybody else? It wasn't the interruption that he wanted, but what God was doing was giving him an invitation to see a nation catch revival. And I wonder what happens when God steps in, he brings an interruption, he sends an invitation, we accept that invitation, and what happens is that God opens the doors to a greater life. But it takes faith. But what fear would want to do, let's go back, what fear would want to do is in Jonah's life, go, but what if they behead you? What if it cost you your life? Think about Moses. Moses was wanted in Egypt because he had killed Egyptians and buried them in the sand. Don't you think in his mind he's going, but what if I go back? And they, he even came to God with the list of what ifs, but I'm not this and I'm not that and I can't speak. And God said, look, I didn't interrupt this situation because you weren't good enough. I interrupted this situation because I have a greater call for you. And a lot of times we find ourselves in that place. We'll give all the excuses to God and God is going, all I'm asking you to do is just trust me. What about Saul? What about Saul in the New Testament who is out murdering Christians, who is out dragging men and women out of their house and stoning them to death? God interrupts his life with an invitation to be one of the greatest men that's known in the Bible these days, to be one of the writers of the New Testament, to be one of the men that would establish the church, take the gospel all over the world. It was an interruption. Maybe it, it wasn't even the plan or the trajectory that he had for his life. Come on, but I'm thankful for interruptions that are really invitations into something greater. And all throughout the Bible, God disrupts ordinary, mundane, and the status quo, and he calls us to something greater. He calls us to be world changers, causes us to impact the lives of those around us. And look, I'm not saying that it can't be a scary thing, but when you've got a word from the Lord, what you need to know is this, fear not. Come on, let me talk about Joel, who was just up here giving his testimony. He got a word from the Lord, and he had to take a step of faith and say, fear not. It's dangerous in other countries. It's dangerous being a missionary, but I'm not going to have fear in my heart. I'm not going to let fear grip me from the invitation that God has given me into a greater life. God's interruptions are not inconveniences. They are invitations into a great life. Let's go back to the story. Look on the screen with me, if you will. Verse 31. Listen. This is the angel of the Lord. It says, you'll become pregnant and you're going to give birth to a son and you'll name him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. Can you imagine the weight and the pressure that Mary must have felt in this moment? Hang on, wait, me? 
I'm going to carry the Messiah. I will carry the chosen one. I will have the baby that will rule over the throne because at this mind, she's not even thinking eternally. She's thinking here on this earth. She's thinking the Messiah has come to, how could I be called or even worthy to carry this baby? But Mary had just been invited into the greatest story plot of all time. A story that had been developing since the fall of the Garden of Eden, Mary would carry in her womb the answer to all humanity's sin problems. Mary would mother the Savior of the world. The greatest invitation that could ever be extended was extended to Mary. She says some of the greatest words. She said, so be it to me. So be it to me. Look, it's, it's scary. I don't, I don't understand it. I, I, I can't comprehend it. And I'm sure in her mind, y'all can, number one, if, a, if an angel showed up, you'd probably pass out. Don't lie. Man, you're just you're sitting in your room and an angel shows up. You're going to have to give me some smelling salts to wake me up. I mean, and, and then delivers this word that you're going to carry the Messiah. And in her mind, it's probably racing. All of the what ifs. The weight of what this angel is telling her. To carry the Messiah. And the pressure that she felt in that moment. But I want to tell somebody tonight that God's purpose is greater than our plans. Can I say that again? God's God's purpose is greater than our plans. On December 24th of 2019, God interrupted our plans in a way that we, we could have never imagined. Shannon, we're getting ready for our Christmas Eve service. You've heard, so many of you have heard this story, but she walks out with a pregnancy test in her hand. And she actually told me today the story is different, but we have discrepancies on this story. It's okay. She walks out with the pregnancy test, and she hands it, and she just kind of looks at me. And I'm like, you're joking. I'm like, you're joking. And we have almost 17, 14, 11, and three. It's like, you're joking. You're, you're kidding. It wasn't in our plans. But what God did is he interrupted our plans with purpose. And he put this little ball of purpose in our life. And this ball of purpose would even in the womb, grow our faith. Stop growing for six weeks. But as a family, we rallied around this and prayed and fasted and cried out to God. And, and if you would have written that script out for me and said, do you accept? I probably would have said no, but I'm better on this side of it because God's purpose is better than my plan. And, and, and when we just begin to walk it out, faith over fear, going, God, I'm going to go where you tell me to go and be who you've called me to be and do what you've called me to do. I'm telling you, the invitation is well worth the ride because God's purpose is greater than our plans. Because we can learn to trust God just like Mary did. And if we learn that, we're going to live a life of greater purpose than we could ever imagine. 
But so many times we fight against that purpose. We fight against that calling. We fight against God, not realizing all the while that he is inviting us into a greater life of purpose. I just feel the pause, and it's not in my notes, but I feel the pause to just for a moment ask somebody, what are you running from? It's not in my notes. I just feel what are you, there's somebody tonight. What are you running from? There is a call of God on your life. What are you running from? Two different churches I turned down because in my mind, it wasn't the plan. One in Alabama, one in California. I turned them down because in my mind, this wasn't the plan. I had written out the plan and given it to God. It doesn't work that way. God writes out the plan and he gives it to us. And I'd written it out and I'd said, here's the story, here's the narrative. Thanks, God. Make it all happen. That's just not the way it works. And God said, scratch that, scratch that, scratch that. He handed it back. He said, I made a few revisions. I hope you like it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, but God, this is going to take so much more faith. God, this is not what I thought it was going to look like. And God said, if you will trust me, I'll take you on the ride of your life. And not that it's going to be easy, but, but it's going to stretch you and it's going to build you and it's going to make you a better person. But what I know is that God's purpose is greater than our plans. And Mary said to the angel in verse number 34, how will this be since I have not been intimate with man? And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. Well, she wasn't freaked out before. Now she's definitely freaked out, right? And look, your, your relative Elizabeth is, is also pregnant with the son in, in her old age. Although she was called barren, she's now in her sixth month. Watch this line for nothing will be impossible with God. How will all this be? How will I become pregnant when I haven't been intimate with Joseph, she asked. Angel says, this is how it's going to happen. And even that probably didn't make sense. But the line that trumps all lines for nothing will be impossible with God. How does it all happen? I don't know. But nothing's impossible with God. He called you to it. Can't make sense of all the plans. That's all right. Nothing's impossible with God. Let me put it in what I'm dealing with right now. How do we get in a building? How do we move forward? I don't know. Nothing's impossible with God. He's going to make it happen. Does fear come over and try to tell me it's not possible? Sure. You could lay out a great plan and whatever. Okay, fear still tries to creep in, but I have to come back to this verse and just remind myself that nothing will be impossible for God. And who can stand in the way of God? No one. Because here's what I've learned is that God's power overcomes our limitations. It did in this story. It has in my life time and time again that God's power overcomes our limitations. Listen to the way Isaiah 40, 29 says it. He gives strength to the weary 
and increases power to the weak. Come on, just by show of hands, how many of you have ever felt weary before? Anybody? How many of you have ever felt weak before? Yeah, we've all felt weak. We've all felt weary. We've all had moments to where we felt incapable of God's calling or purpose or destiny for our life. But I just want to encourage somebody today that God's power overcomes our limitations. And when we are at our weakest, that's when God's strength comes in. So when you're scared, when you're weak, when you can't see the way, God gives us strength. And in verse number 38, Mary says these words, yes, yes. Come on, somebody just say yes. Yes, I am a servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me according to your word. Scary words to put out there because it requires faith to accomplish it. It doesn't require me. God, it requires faith. Faith in who you are. Faith in what you're doing. Faith in your word. Faith that you're moving. Faith that you got my back even if I fail. Faith that you're going to be there with me. Faith that you're going to lift me up when I'm weak. Because watch this. As the band comes back. Or are they already here? I thought somebody snuck up. Outcome is God's responsibility. But watch this. Obedience is ours. So many of us focus on the outcome like it's our responsibility or we can control it. No, 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 no. Outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is ours. It's my job just to be obedient, follow God in faith, not worry about the what ifs, not worry about the fear. And I just want to tell somebody tonight, fear not, fear not. Why? Because I have the word of the Lord. Why? Because I have faith. Why? Because I have God's strength. Why? Because he goes before me. I'm not worried about the outcome. What I'm worried about is just being obedient every day, waking up and going, God, what do you want me to do today? God, who do you want me to be today? God, where do you want me to go? God, connect me with the right people. God, connect me with the right businessman that has a plot of land that wants to sow it and wants a church building on it in the city of Frisco because it's here, y'all. I'm telling. So every morning, God, let me be obedient so I get in the path of the people that you want to get us with. And it just takes a little bit of faith, and we have to wake up some days and tell ourselves, fear not, right? Fear not. So my question to you today would would be this. What step of obedience is God asking you to take today? In what area of your life do you need to trust him more? Family? Are you being too hard on, a, on your kids or, or on your spouse? You trying to change them yourself because only God can change them. Maybe the step of faith is giving that child, giving that spouse over to God and say, God, you've got to change them. I'm going to pray. I'm going to live my life in obedience and in faith, but God, you've got to change them. Work, career. Maybe you're at a crossroads. I had a friend who, he had two opportunities on the table. And 
One paid way more than the other job paid. And on paper, this job looked way better than this job. But he just heard this little voice on the inside of him that said, take the lower paying job. He thought, man, this is crazy. Who in their right mind would, would turn down this? But God, I hear you. He said, Lord, I'm going to go with this. And he went with that. He got in the job. He loved it. And within about a month or two, the other business dissolved and shut down. And he would have lost his job. He would have had to go through a lot of heartache and a lot of pain. But he said, you know what, God, I heard your voice on this. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to go, okay, God, this doesn't make any sense, but Lord, I'm going to trust you. You can run all the what ifs, but no, God, I'm going to trust you. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's hard, but we got to trust God. Or maybe the area of finances, maybe you've been scared to give of the tithe and of the offering because you're afraid you won't be able to make ends meet or pay bills. Listen to me, obedience is your part outcome is God's. I just trust you, God. I trust you as I sow. I trust you as I give. I trust you. Because obedience is, is my part and, and outcome is yours, God. I want you to stand on your feet. The Bible describes fear as a spirit. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love of power and a sound mind. So I would say this, that, that fear that you are facing, it's a spirit. A spirit of fear keep you from experiencing the birth of a miracle. So let me ask you this question. What's holding you back from the birth of something new? What are you fearful of that's, that's holding you back? Because what I know is that in this season, we celebrate the greatest miracle to ever be given to mankind. And it all came because Mary received a word, fear not. Received a word of what would happen. She said, look, so be it unto me. I'm your servant, and I want to be obedient. So what is, what is God asking you to do? What is the, the step that he's, that he's calling you to tonight? For just a moment, every head bowed, every eye closed. And I just, I just want you to think about this for a minute. God, what step of faith do I need to take? What fear do I need to overcome? What, how have I let fear hindered me in my walk with you? Fear of the future? Fear of what other people would think of you? What is it? And in this moment, just give it to God. God, I give it to you. All of that, Lord, I, I give it to you. I'm not going to live in fear anymore. I'm not going to live in fear anymore. I'm not going to live in fear any longer. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, 
love, and a sound mind. Come on, can we say that? Just repeat this after me. Say, God has not given a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Come on, can we say that one more time? God has not given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Come on, one more time. God has not given a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. In Jesus' name, come on. And everybody said, amen, amen.